Action. So just really chaos on the water at this point. Danger. This is no game. We're here to do a real job. Adventure. I've been around the world twice and I've seen everything three times. You're listening to Sea Story. Episode 5, Oil and Water. My name is Captain Dave Bouvet. I'm in the U.S. Navy. I'm a helicopter pilot by trade. I grew up outside of Bethesda, Maryland, and this is my sea story. I was assigned to the HSL-42 Proud Warriors, a helicopter squadron uh, based out of Mayport, Florida, near Jacksonville. And an officer in charge basically is in charge of a group of uh, 23 people, typically, and two helicopters. Um, the 23 people include six pilots, three air crewmen, and then pretty much two or three of all the mechanical specialties that uh, take care of all the elements of the helicopters. So you got your engine specialists, and your hydraulics, and your electronics, and your ATs, and your black boxes, and whatnot. My job was to train up this unit of aircraft and people and pilots and maintainers and be prepared to go deploy. So we were assigned to the USS Leyte Gulf, which is a cruiser, which was based out of Norfolk. So for the spring and summer, we did some short underways and some workups, kind of getting trained up and ready to go. And by the fall, we were ready to deploy with the strike group that was going to be centered on the carrier Theodore Roosevelt. So by September, we were trained up and ready to go, and we were stood down in what's called POM leave. And POM is pre-overseas movement. That's when you're ready to go, and then pretty much you let everybody take a couple weeks of leave, spend time with their family before you go deploy. It's a very standard way of doing this. Well, while we're on POM leave, of course, 9-11 happened, and everything changed. Once the smoke cleared and we were, it was understood that we were going to uh, still leave more or less on time, um, we ended up leaving kind of at the end of September, so a little bit earlier than what was originally planned. But the nature of the deployment, of course, completely changed at that point. We went screaming through the Mediterranean into the Middle Eastern area very, very quickly. The first thing we did was um, no port calls in the way, of course. And we spent about a month in the Arabian Sea working off the southern coast of Pakistan. And then we did kind of what the bulk of our deployment ended up being. We spent 10 weeks actually in the Persian Gulf itself. And from this point on, it was all night missions. So we'd flown a lot to this point, but for 10 weeks in a row, our three air crews and our maintainers really got into a rhythm where what we would do was one crew would launch at sunset, they would launch a three-hour mission, they would refuel on another Navy ship, go fly a second three-hour mission, and then come back to our ship, swap out with a new crew. The new crew would take what's called the dawn patrol and fly really till the sun came up. And then the third crew would be off and they would handle all the administrative and operational duties back on the ship. We did this for 70 days straight. We never missed a single mission, and the troops kept the helos in a combat-ready status the entire time. The interesting thing to note was that morale was incredibly high, in spite of how hard we were working, and it was harder than we'd ever worked at sea. The morale was off the charts. For more than any other deployment that I can ever recall, we knew exactly why we were there. We knew exactly what we were doing. We knew what we were fighting for here. We knew what we were doing and protecting back home. And it made all the difference in the world. And I've frankly never been so proud to lead a group of sailors in my life. It was an incredible group of guys, an incredible team. Of those 70 straight days, the most interesting thing actually took place the very first night we were there. My crew was flying, and it was the very first mission, so I volunteered to take the very first one because we hadn't done it before. Throughout this particular day, a shamal had been building throughout the day. Shamal is the Arabic word for north, and that is basically a weather pattern that's pretty rare, but it's when winds build up out of the north, 
Throughout the day, winds were increasing up to 50 knots and seas got up to about 15 feet, which again is very rare for the Persian Gulf area. So there was a ship at Anchorage that was carrying oil that capsized in heavy seas around three in the morning while we were flying. So there was a 12-man crew aboard the ship plus a 10-man Navy security detachment from another Navy ship that all ended up in the water. So we trained for search and rescue all the time, but for the first time it had actually, it was now staring us right in the face. We had to haul back to the ship as quickly as we could get there. We had to refuel. We had to pick up a second air crewman to be a rescue swimmer. And of course, while we're doing that, the ships are putting their small boats in the water and there's flares and there's searchlights and it's still dark and the winds are whipping, the seas are really heavy. So it's just really chaos on the water at this point. We launched and then spent the next three hours doing search and rescue, pulling people out of the water. You know, because the ship had been carrying oil, when the ship went down, all that oil, of course, floated to the surface. So. My rescue swimmer, who ended up jumping into the water three times to pull people out, was basically jumping in and swimming in about a six-inch thick slick of oil. Every time we pulled him back out, he was completely covered from head to toe in crude oil. So we're stuffing people in the back of the aircraft. We only have seats for five, but at one point we had eight people in the aircraft, and the back of the aircraft was just completely coated in oil. I mean, it took us days eventually to finally get this thing cleaned out. That was really the mission for that particular morning. This was day one of what was gonna be a long stretch in the Gulf, and it was a very interesting way to kind of begin our time there, obviously. The crew and I that flew were actually awarded air medals for this, but the credit really goes to the folks that did all the training for us back home. And the sailors, of course, they kept everything in mission-ready status, because we can be trained up to the teeth, but if the aircraft's not ready, if the rescue hoist isn't working properly, if the SAR gear isn't working the way it's supposed to work, then none of it really happens. So, you know, we were there really to be the executors of this mission, but all the people and work that went into it from the backside is really what made the difference. On the next episode of Sea Story. People are gonna ask you who came out and saved you guys. When that happens, you tell them it was Swick. Sea Story is brought to you by America's Navy. Learn more at Navy.com.